I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B. El.com/spq. Rules and restrictions may apply. During the switch, pivot, or quit chat, we talk to women that have successfully navigated through some of the plot twist years of life and are eager to share their stories and what they've learned in the hopes of inspiring, teaching, or making even the slightest impact by candidly owning their truth. Hey girl, hey, and thanks for dropping in to the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. Candid convo for the girl needing a lifestyle plot twist when she's deciding if it's time to switch, pivot, or quit. I'm Ayana Angel, a former sports entertainment publicist in New York City, turned traditionally published author with Simon & Schuster, who quit my old life to write a book, live in London for a bit, and explore my dreams to find my happiness and fulfillment. I'm here to help encourage and guide you through your plot twist years as your chief encourager and host of the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast so far. And check out SwitchPivotOrQuit.com for even more personal and professional development resources. But for now, just sit back, open your mind, and enjoy the show. On today's show, we're chatting with Tico Nejan, first and foremost, a dynamic woman. And then she also happens to be a branding expert who has been an entrepreneur for more than a decade. And recently, she added author to her title as well. She's a former algebra teacher who rocked tattoos and a shaved head all while schooling the kids. She earned a master's in education, a bachelor's in sociology, and a minor in business entrepreneurship. And now she helps corporations and entrepreneurs brand different by creative and strategic thinking through her company, Brand Ed. You may have seen her and her signature look floating around Instagram too, as her content is just as flawless as her look. She's branded to perfection, and I guarantee there is so much more to her than her look. You, you probably already love her look, but you are going to love her insight, her knowledge, her just awesomeness even more. Um, I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Like she's just, I can't say it enough, a dynamic woman. And it was such a pleasure speaking to her. So listen up, get your notebooks ready and uh, enjoy. 
Okay, so I'm so excited to welcome Tico to the show, you guys. This is just, um, it's so crazy because sometimes you engage with people online and then when you finally get to speak to them, you're like, oh, I feel like I know you, but you really don't. Yes. <laughs> Not in real life. So welcome to the show, hon. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And it's true. We get on the phone like, hey. Right, 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 right. I love it. I love it. So to get us started, tell us a bit about your switch, pivot, or quit experience. Hmm, So I don't know. I'd like to say that I have maybe two Mm -hmm. switch, pivot, or quit moments. Um, Well, a third one, but that was that, that, that. Because I feel like life happens in seasons, right? I feel like, you know, our childhood is one season, our, you know, adulthood is another, then parenting is a different one for me, and then being married is a whole nother one. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, you know, retiring now, that's a whole nother one, right? So everything (laughs) happens in seasons in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so my first switch, pivot, or quit moment, I would say, is transitioning from childhood to being a woman. Um... Because I, the way I grew up, I like to say I grew up in a particular way. Mm. <laughs> so we we grew up in a particular way, meaning that I grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was gunshots, violence all the time. Uh, I, I have to remind people that I grew up catty corner to a crack home, like a crack house, like was catty corner to our house. Mm. But inside my house, that was not it. We cleaned baseboards, shined floors, and right. polished plants with mayonnaise on Saturdays. Right, right, right. Now, what city did you live in? Los Angeles, so South Central. South Central, Los Angeles, California. Yes, like literally near where the riots, you know? So when Reginald, with the whole Rodney King, and yeah, I grew up in that neighborhood. So South Central, um, Los Angeles, I sure did. Mm. And, you know, gang infested, that whole thing. And, you know, I like my... My dad was addicted to drugs and my mother's mom. And so my mom was a foster kid. But the funny thing is, I didn't know that all this wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it was just kind of prevalent in my neighborhood. Like nobody had dads. Mm. So I think my first switch pivot or quit was when I found myself having to make decisions as a woman mm. um, in dating and those kinds of things. And I think what brought it home was I experienced, look, I'm driving right in with this tragedy, but I experienced a rape when I was um, 18, actually going on 19 in college. Oh. And I couldn't tell anyone. And it wasn't couldn't I tell anyone because of this shame or any of that. Mm-hmm. It was because the one person I would have to tell, which would be my mom, who were extremely close. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I probably could have told her, right? Because all moms can handle. But as a kid, I grew up thinking it was my job to keep peace in the house because okay. my brothers stayed in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because he was such a, he's passed away now. Um, from that lifestyle. Uh, five years ago, I buried my baby brother, but the same kid who I adored, you know, we were always pigeonholing and the pigeon is stepping around his issues, what he was going through. We were five years apart. So he gets kicked out of school. He's in juvenile hall. He's in jail. Like that was my lifestyle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To work around his needs. And because I was so independent, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of left to fend for myself. So when the rape happened, in my mind, I'm like, this will send my mom to an early grave. She cannot know. You wanted to protect her. I wanted to protect her. Like, in my mind, like, she can't handle this. Well, I didn't realize I couldn't handle not telling anyone, you know? And so going through that, and I had just become a different person. Other people didn't know it, but in my heart, I changed. You know, that's something that can change you. Mm -hmm. So it changed me. But it was when I had my daughter that I can say I can pinpoint that first moment of where I'm like, wait, what I thought was normal was dysfunctional. 
It was mm-hmm. disguised as normal. And I better get a different perspective on this thing if I'm going to raise my daughter without the burdens of life that I had, you know what I mean? So I had to intentionally decide to break some change, some change that, you know, from legacy and um, those kinds of things. So that's where I would say the first time Mm -hmm. that I had this switch pivot or quit was when my baby girl came into the world. Mm -hmm. And that's, she, she turned 11 in September. So yeah, that was, that was the first time. And then I would say the second one well, right, but before her was my walk with Christ. I am a Christian. I don't make any qualms about that. But when I decided to actually make that relationship real, that was probably the first one. But I don't think, I still think I, you know, left shame mm-hmm. as a part of my, you know, so you like, you still don't tell this part and you don't tell this part and you don't yeah. tell that part. Yeah. You know, so those were the first. And so the first two, and then I would say the second, I mean, the last one, the real big one was being married, of course, and realizing that, you know, I want such a different standard mm-hmm. for um, my home and my husband is white and mm-hmm. if you know me or if you've ever met me that would have never been expected oh, <laughs> so I always think that was a switch for the quick I never knew <laughs> about my race <laughs> honey I was listening I thought I was Erica Badu before Erica Badu was Erica Badu <laughs> Except I had her mixed with India Irene. So I thought I was like, you know, this nostalgic, like everything in college. And I graduated in 94. So, I mean, I, yeah, you couldn't make me believe that I would have even been open to the idea. So that was a true switch, pivot, or quit. You know, mm-hmm. heck, every day I'm switch, pivot, or quit. <laughs> right. No, and that's so Just true. Just managing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? so true. Um, yeah, it comes with a lot. It comes with a lot. And so... Those were the significant parts in my life that I had to make shift. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot that I think um, our parents, just the world, whatever, school, education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't prepare us for on a day to day. They don't teach us yes. about and we don't know how to really navigate it. So yes. you know, we're kind of left to put the pieces to those puzzles together and, and, mm-hmm. and sort of adult. And sometimes we don't even know what that looks like. Can you we tell have me no clue? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me one thing that maybe you've um, learned to do that's helped you adult better and maybe navigate life in more of a approachable way for yourself? Yeah. So, you know, um, I think that might be twofold because it it has to do with myself and then it has to do with others. So Mm -hmm. for myself, what I've learned to do is just to always live my truth, try to be careful and mindful Mm -hmm. not to offend others, but I won't, I won't quiet myself spirit to make mm. other people comfortable. Um, I, I just don't believe in that because I feel like it's some, it's somebody's going to suffer. Right. And because I have a responsibility to my children, my calling in life, and I, I can't be the one to suffer. Not at mm-hmm. the, not at the, not at the, uh, you know, at the expense of not being able to be my true self. And right. I know we hear people all the time, like be your authentic self, but <laughs> there's something deeper than just being authentic. It's like literally knowing what's good about you, what's bad about you, um, you know, not just always praising yourself, but knowing where you fall short. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's always to take, like, I, I'm clear on my downfalls. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm clear on the things that if I don't focus on, they like, I used to be the one to go off really quick on bad mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. because I know that that temper can rise up. I need to know, for me, adulting means to be able to manage those ugly things about yourself. Right. So you can seek success. Because for us to think that we don't have ugly is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you know what falls short about yourself or what your shortcomings are, I just personally believe that 
that helps me, at least for myself. I know it helps me to because then that way I can keep them in check. You know what right. I mean? And not only that, I can apologize if I falter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people do enough of ownership mm-hmm. of the ugly crap that's in them. But if I'm aware of what exists in me, the good and the bad, then I can take responsibility for them. So that that just being aware of who I am, so not just living authentically and keeping it real, but right. being aware of my real self has helped me. And then the other thing for the outward thing that I spoke about is having the ability to know that my perspective is not the only perspective. Mm. So the way I see it is you, my, my version is always going to lean towards my reality, right? Like, so the things that I've experienced is going to draw out my response. Right. But somebody else's experience may be different. And let me tell you, being in an interracial marriage, Mm -hmm. that is definitely, you know, one thing that I had to practice. Like what I thought might look like, okay, so are you upset? He ain't thinking about me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like Mm -hmm. like that. But but we grow up in a different way of where it can be contentious. You know, men weren't even around where I grew up. There weren't fathers. You know, I didn't see men in my family. So because I didn't see that, I wouldn't know what that looks like. Well, he comes from where his dad has always been. Heck, his dad was his coach and taught at his school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so he comes from a different way. So just being able to see other people's perspective or at least respect other people's points of view Mm -hmm. has helped me adult better. Like, okay, my way is not the only way. It should be respected, but I have to respect that they're drawing a conclusion based off their own experiences. Right, right. A, A lot of what you just said just made me think of how people approach like change and fear. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of mm. that fear can can creep in because of some of our past experiences or mm. not being real with who we really are. And like you said, saying, you know, b- you can be authentic and be authentic at all times is one thing, but then really like owning that authenticity and really operating mm-hmm. in that space and everything. I think that that can bring up fear for a lot of people because you don't really yes. want to deal with what's there, you know, and who you yes. actually are. You know, a lot of us, especially with social media and stuff, we are painting this picture, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and and then it's hard to try and keep coloring inside those lines. And then Mm -hmm. the fear of coloring outside of those lines is like, oh, that's what can paralyze you and stuff sometimes. Can you tell us about a time where maybe you had to encounter like a, a big change in your life, whether it was personally or professionally and how you sort of dealt with facing that change? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, one, you know, I, I, I mentioned the rape before, but if you don't mind, I, I have this idea about fear. Can I tell you what yes, my theory is on fear real quick? Yeah. So it's funny. I used to, when podcast was big, I thought I wanted to do, I hate social media, first of all. I do happen <laughs> to love Instagram, but that's because I need to love something. So I love Instagram. Right. If I have to choose one, it's going to be Insta, but I could do without any of it. I'm really like, I'm an extrovert introvert, mm-hmm. so I do well in crowds and I look like I might be a social butterfly, but give me mm-hmm. a good book mm-hmm. and my blankie and I'm happy. <laughs> so <laughs> if I can hear my kid's voice close to me, I'm so good. Right. But the thing on fear when podcast, I mean, uh, when Periscope was big, when mm. I was probably his book, Periscope, when Periscope was big, I did this thing on fear because I sat still for a while and I would hear women who said they were fearful, right? And right. Um, I get I get the opportunity to do public speaking a lot, right? And mm-hmm. so, which I enjoy. But one of the things with that, most often women blame fear for not 
and women and men, but women are the ones who will vocalize it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they'll say that they're fearful of something. And I started playing with this idea of fear. Like, where does it really come from? And one of the things I found is that fear is really ego. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, we usually only have fear about the things we think we can be judged about. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be an ego egotistical way of living, you know, because it's, it's like, I don't want people to know this about me, or I don't want people to judge this, or I don't want people to say it's wrong, or I don't mm-hmm. want people to say I should have done it this way. And so if you could live and move without the expectations of others' opinions, then fear wouldn't even be there most of the time, right? Like mm-hmm. there are parts of fear that because something tragic has happened, like you're fearful of it happening again. But most of the time when we speak in terms of fear, it's fear of what's going to happen if I fail. Yeah, And that usually comes from who you think is watching. So mm. I just wanted to throw that out there that sometimes it's about checking our egos at the door right. in order to qualm fears. That's just, that's just my, you know, my, I, I agree. No, I love it. So yeah, so I just think that, but the one you said, the one thing that made me, did you say have to change or, or cause no, the just change like in my a life time that you dealt with, um, encountering change. a change. Yeah. A yes. big change and just kind of like how you face that change. Because a lot of times, you know, we encounter a space or a situation where we know that change is coming, whether it be because mm-hmm. we know we're getting laid mm-hmm. off. We know mm-hmm. that, um, we're getting a divorce. We know that mm-hmm. something is mm-hmm. happening that's going to alter Something's our happening. world. Yeah. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we run from that because we don't mm-hmm. really want to deal with it. Cause a lot of us don't don't mm-hmm. deal well with change. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to know mm-hmm. about a time where maybe you had to Got face change it. and maybe yeah. how you faced it. Like, because there's, there's a way that maybe you face change and that you process things and think of things that somebody else may not have thought of. And it could re- yeah. really be helpful for them. That makes a lot of sense. And you know what? It's funny because, um, Everything I do, even in my vocation, I like to say that we have like a vocational calling and then a life calling, right? And right. so me being a brand strategist, that's a vocational calling. I do love mm-hmm. it. And I do touch lives, you know, with that. But I always try to be self-reflective of the real situations that cause me to be whoever I am. Mm. And the one thing that was a change that happened that I had to experience change was losing my baby brother. And it's crazy because he lived this lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Of um he was in gangs, he had been in prison, but I adored him. Like he was my baby brother. Right. And um his last time that he was home because he had gone made a few visits, um, he, you know, he was murdered. He was murdered um oh, so, like tragically, stabbed six times and, you know, we were at the oh, hospital when he took his last breath. And I was there at I wanna say something like three fifteen A in the morning when it was he was declared gone um my mom the way she fell to the ground now you gotta remember this is the same mom that i thought i was supposed to protect right and so just feeling kind of helpless and wondering like wow i'm watching this that change was so tough because it forced one having to learn about grief right but then in mourning and then two having to learn to be there for someone else in such a different capacity that you don't like think about it when someone dies or whatever you're like what do i say yeah. Right. Yeah. And so imagine having to live it. You know what I mean? Right. Like we think about the what do I say, but having to actually help my the, mom through that season. Yes. Crazy. The day to day, the in the moments, the, mm-hmm. the, the crying, mm-hmm. the, it's like, what mm-hmm. do you say from minute to minute? Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's and a the very not crying big, and the, yeah, the silence. And, and here's, yeah. but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so my fix to that, I wouldn't say my fix, but what I learned from that, it taught me mm-hmm. something so big and I was able to like go and 
like literally labeled this like if I could go put a sticky post-it on my life to where, mm-hmm. oh, that's, I saw that happen this way and I saw that happen this way here was when it happened, my mom had moved in about a year prior to that. And mm-hmm. I thought mom coming here would be, you know, mom's a single mom. She was a single mom raising three of us. Mm-hmm. And so she's not married. And it's like, you know, it'll be great if she lived here. I don't like to cook. Let me just be really honest. It was my husband's <laughs> idea. He was like, would you like your mom? And I was like, heck yeah. Well, uh-huh. I, 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 I don't, and she cooks. She cooks her butt off. She loves to cook. She just cooks, cooks, cooks. She's cooking right now. Like, That's she amazing. Cooks, cooks. <laughs> yeah, and she just That's retired two weeks ago. Yeah, and so we knew retirement was going to come upon us. Like, at some point, she's 65. She's retired. She adores her grandbaby. So it was the mm-hmm. perfect situation. So I am just in my mind assuming that that's what was going to happen. Like that was the reason, you know, that she was here. It's right. like free her up and everybody, it's like a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, what I learned in that is when my brother passed away, I never had to figure out how do I leave my kids tonight to go check on my mom? How do I, you know, help her grieve, but then still be available to my kids? Like I didn't have to go and stay at her house for, you know, days and try mm-hmm. to make it back home and do homework. And what I learned in that is everything, when you hear people say everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. that's so true, but everything really happens how it's supposed to happen. Right. Even when we don't understand that there's a reason behind it. And so I was able to go back and see other moments in my life that I didn't, I thought I didn't understand. And I necessarily, I can't even say I totally understand them now, but I can see what came out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would say when we go through change, I trust the process that there's something in it for somebody. It might not even be for me. You know what Mm. I mean? It might be for somebody else. Because I'll tell you, once that happened, my take on life just changed. I was like, you know, I've always been this carefree person, but I can't say it was intentional. Mm -hmm. My intentionality like went through the roof. But had I not kind of went with the wave, if you will, of the change, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have happened. So I kind of believe that what has to happen is when you take, when you see change coming, you might as well greet it at the door, especially when you know it's coming. You might as well greet it at the door and start looking like, what is it? What's in it for Mm -hmm. me and for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Because trying to run from it, it just prolongs it. You know what I mean? The stress is there. The anxiety is there. And the flip side of that is we're scared of change even for the positive parts in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so not even just the neck, like the ideas you mentioned, of course, like divorce. and you know, But even the things that we sit on opportunities right. that could be so great because we, we fear change. Mm-hmm. There are more people who are not successful today because of comfort. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get uncomfortable. So if I were to get uncomfortable, if I were to make this move, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to have to put in this many hours or lose these friends or start going here. So it's it's one of those situations, you know? So I just think embracing change and just knowing that, hey, it's coming. So since you, especially if you know it's coming and I believe you can greet change that you don't even know about. So yeah, I don't know, you know, if death is coming, but I know I can prepare my spirit Right. To be like, whatever God gives me, mm-hmm. he gave it to me because he knows I can handle it. can handle it. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so that's kind of how I see, hey, that, that it's, and it's not a fix. It. Oh, and the other thing I have to say is embrace what you feel about the change. 
That's true. I don't, I, I think I'm so scared of women wanting to be so strong, wanting to just be so strong. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I will be damn so in distress in this house. I ain't pumping gas. I'm not touching the trash. I will be. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you can keep the cape, turn the cape into a blanket. I don't want it. Right. But I think we prevent ourselves from feeling what we're supposed to feel. Even when my mom, she would try to apologize when she was grieving so heavily in different parts, you know what I mean? And feeling bad and trying to pretend she was okay. You buried a child. That's not life's natural progression, right? So in my mind, I'm like, no, stop trying to rush the process. Feel what you need to feel. When people say time heals, no, time just makes things softer. But there's no such thing as getting over Mm-hmm. anything. I used to tell people I would had to learn that I didn't want to get over anything. I wanted to learn to move with whatever right. has happened in my life. Inspired. I'm never going to get over the rape. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, somebody raped me and it was brutal. I mean, listen, I was from the streets, so I wasn't scared to fight. It's just my mom had me in knickers and knee-high socks mm-hmm. looking like a nut in my neighborhood because <laughs> she wasn't playing that. So I had ribbons instead of barrettes. <laughs> but I didn't fight a lot because kids thought they were going to pick on me. Mm-hmm. And so I fought during this rape, you know what I mean? And it was, it was brutal. And, you know, when I realized what had happened, mm-hmm. you know, but for me to try to get over it, I can't watch TV or a movie and see a rape scene and not think about. Right. That's ludicrous to think somebody should be yeah. able to get over right. the change in their life, right? Like who gets over it? But right. once you learn to move with it, Mm-hmm. you become good. And mm-hmm. so I learned to move with like, this just, this is just another part of Tico. So how do I embrace this ugly part, this good part and move with it? Right. right. So I hope, I hope that helps somebody, you know, like, I'm, look, embracing that change. I'm just like, I hope that helps somebody. I'm sure. I am sure that it did. And then uh, I want to, I want to circle back to another piece that you touched on. Um, just yes. sort of like, that that fear of the good also and kind of sitting mm-hmm. on opportunities and things. Now, mm-hmm. you went from being a teacher, a classroom teacher, mm-hmm. right? To I being did. I did. And doing your mm-hmm. own thing. Now, I'm sure that everyone can tell by now, if they could not tell before, that you are gifted and insightful and you're called to do what you do. And you, I'm sure you've been a blessing for so many people's lives. Thank you. How did you go? Absolutely. How did you go from being a teacher and being in that space to saying, okay, I'm going to make this shift and I'm going to switch and I'm going to just kind of like switch up my whole career. How did, walk us through sort of how that happened for you and what that felt like. And and was there any like trepidation about sort of embarking on this new? Yes, absolutely. Oh, this, and then, you know what, this, this one can be a funny one. Um, <laughs> one part, part about it, because as I mentioned, my husband is white, so keep that in mind. And I'm the black girl from the hood. So I've never dated <laughs> um, a white man who had a silver spoon in his mouth. Like that just wasn't, you know, I didn't even know that. Right existed in this world unless you saw a movie Mm -hmm. and um I was a teacher I had my master's in education Mm -hmm. um I was a classroom teacher for 10 years I started teaching Montessori preschool for one year then I went third grade fifth grade and ended at seventh and uh, seventh grade eighth grade and ninth grade math algebra um and so I'm a left brain right brain 
Mm-hmm. I've always been really creative as well. I've, you know, learned to sew, taught myself to sew, draw, paint, you name it, make jewelry, like real jewelry. Like I would get in there with my, my husband says the math scientist is in her lab. <laughs> I love, um, I love working with metals and all that kind of stuff, casting metal. Mm. And so, but the teaching, you know, growing up in the hood, there's this thing you, if you're going to get, if you're not going to be like the teen mom or on drugs, like, which was popular and nothing against the teen mom. Like I really, but in my neighborhood, it's just, that's what it was. It was, was so many yeah. girls having babies, you know what right. I mean? Like it was just prevalent. It wasn't a mistake. This is just life. You get what right. I'm saying? Um, or an accident. It was just life. And so what, what my mom scared me off of that because she would look at my oldest brother and she says, if you want a baby, then have sex. So I wasn't having sex. I was like, oh no. That, <laughs> that's I was like, hey, because she had him at 15. She got pregnant at 15 and birthed him at 16. Mm. And I knew we were struggling. So I put that picture together quickly and was like, yep, right. let's close. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, that ain't working yeah. over here. Uh-huh. And so she, um, that, you know, that was that. But to get out the hood, you chose from this list, I would like to say. And so it was like, you know, you'd be a doctor, lawyer, teacher, whatever. But that was the list of success, if you will, that was handed to us, you know, maybe not literally handed, but handed to us. Like, this is what success looks like. No one told me that every time I saw um, a magazine that I was, the pages I was addicted to, there's a job behind it. I just didn't know that. Um, You know, I loved clothes. I loved shopping. I used to do hair. I used to braid hair to make my money when I was like 13, 14. And I mean, I'm talking about, I would keep my head, my chair booked, my little chair mm-hmm. in my bedroom. I was doing dookie braids because that's what we called them back then. Right. I'm 40. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 41. So, you know, like, listen, that age, I'm laughing at all these kids. I was like, those are dookie braids. They're not box braids, but okay, you can have it. You yeah. Know, and cornrows and I, so we, I used to do the goddess braids, all that, make my money. And the whole bit, but to get out of the hood, you had to choose. And so for me, I was like, oh, I'll choose being a teacher. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I, because I did love to teach now, look again, when I said looking back and seeing how I can pinpoint how everything happened, mm-hmm. my mother can attest to the fact that I used to line my dolls up. And she would say, I don't know if you think you're Shirley Caesar preaching or if you're a teacher, <laughs> but I would line my dolls up and I would speak to these dogs like daily. And as if they were my, and I still don't know if they're, if it were in the classroom or if I was on a stage, I'm not sure, but I would line my dolls up and I would speak to them. And so now keep that in mind. So I taught and I wanted to go high up the ranks, right? So I got, I went and got my undergrad and I got my master's. Then I was prepared to do my doctorate. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get my EV and then I got married. Mm-hmm. I say that as if that was tragedy, but it wasn't. But here's what was so funny. When I had my daughter, she was born in September. Mm-hmm. September is when school starts, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't sign my new contract because my baby girl was being born. But I told the school I would be back after Christmas break, which would be January. Okay. So I'm thinking that's going to be, that's the plan. That's not, this is this a girl with a plan. I've always planned my life. Like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter is born. My husband says to me, would you want to stay home with her? And I look at him like, you're trying to keep the black man down because we got degrees over here. Like, who are you to suggest that this black woman stay home with a baby? I have degrees. I went to school, you know, and I did all that. Yeah, I work for this. If you think I'm staying home with a baby, no, whatever. And I'm going to be back there. Well, by the time she was like maybe a month, I mean, even from day one, I was in love with her. But as we were nearing that three month mark, right, of Christmas break being done, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, ooh, yeah. I'm not sending my baby anywhere you right. know, I, because I didn't have to. And I was really fortunate enough to, well, we didn't have to. My husband's like, you can stay home. And he's like, you have so many things you love to do. Mm-hmm. You can do any of those. 
That was the first time I had ever heard that spoken into my life and by a man. I'll be very honest with you. There weren't any men around to tell me you could do anything you want to be. You know, do anything you want to be, be anything you want to be. I heard that from teachers, but not directly to Tico. Mm -hmm. So when he told me that, it never left my mind and it like penetrated my spirit that I can do anything I want to do. And I was like, Tico, you love fashion, you love jewelry, you love this, you love that. And from that moment on, I said, you know what, babe, maybe I'll start my business. And blogging was like hot on the rise mm-hmm. i mean horizon that that was like now 10 years ago mm-hmm. and so i said maybe that's what i'll do and i started doing fashion blogging and then consulting image mm-hmm. consulting mm-hmm. well from the image consulting i the entrepreneurship hit big too right because we went through that whole um you know the, the shift in the economy so a lot of my clients were entrepreneurs they had their own businesses right. well with them having their own businesses i'm like oh okay it started dawning me, maybe I should do it because it, I would do image and branding. Maybe I should do that. Well, a white person changed my life and a Vietnamese person. <laughs> really? I was going, yeah, because I would go to my nail spa. I would have my own um, pop-up event, okay? Mm-hmm. And so during, for, the, for my image consulting, all right? And so we would have our pop-up events, fashion events, show you how to wear the latest fashion to work kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened was they saw my logo and they saw my flyer and said, Tico, who does your design? Mm. I was like, oh, I do. Mm. And they said, you do? And I was like, yeah. And she says, oh. So the next time I was in there, two weeks later, Mm-hmm. Um, she says to the owner, and she says, you know what, we're doing a new concept store and want to talk to you. And so we had this conversation and I was like, yeah, sure. I can do this, this, and this. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to need this. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that too. Uh-huh. And before I know it, I go home and I told my husband, I said, I just talked myself into a contract. I'm not even sure what the heck this is. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well, I said, they're waiting on a proposal. I ain't uh-huh. had no business name that did that, that, but I, I said, they're waiting on a proposal. And so I sent this proposal off. I said, now he's a money man, okay? So he's mm-hmm. a, he's a account CFO over for his job. So he knows me. So he were like, okay, so, and I'm, a, I'm an algebra teacher, right? So I can do, I can do the numbers of how much Amazing. I want to get paid per hour. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, let's figure this out. Send them the retainer and like the proposal. They were like, okay, yeah, we're acceptable. We'll start paying them what on the first and oh, you'll wow. give us. And I think I did something 10 hours for like $3,500. Wow. A month. Ten hours. Let me tell you, once I did that, so there's no looking back. Yeah, yeah. Teach you what? Where? Yes, I was like, wait. I was like, at thirty five hundred dollars, I was like, wait a minute. If these people are cutting checks and they clearing right away, you could do this. And so that's when I shifted to the branding because I saw the connection, a clear connection. So what made my company different is because I believe in personal style through branding. So like nobody's sites are the same. Nobody's brand strategy is the same. No one's concepts are the same. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I shifted from teaching to that. But here's the funny thing. I just hung up with a friend of mine, Tiffany the Budgetista. I was saying to her, Tiffany Oliche. She's a client too. But I was, she used to be a teacher as well. And mm. I was telling her, I said, you know what's so funny? I finally embraced the idea that, because for a minute I questioned, like, dang, why am I paying Sally Mae? And I'm not even teaching anymore, right? <laughs> well, what ended up happening, I realized every time I take the stage, I'm teaching. Every time I'm hired to do a workshop, I'm teaching. Every time I go train a corporate team, I'm teaching. And so I had to embrace that the teacher inside of me is just, natural my daughter says i'm preaching all the way to school because i'm like okay so do you understand what it means to have good character she says i give her a new lesson every weekend i'm like i know i know i know but 
But these are valuable things. She'll learn it later. Yes, yes. And she'll catch on later. She'll be like, my mom told me about that. Right. And so, um, you know, I want her to know like what giving really looks like and Mm. how, uh, what hospitality looks like and what gratitude looks like. And so we're always talking about these things. Mm. And I feel like if it isn't great, it becomes natural, right? Because anything you learn, you do. And then that becomes who you are. So the teaching is just a natural thing. And God just made it clear, like, hey, there's a connection between you. I wouldn't be able to do what I do now had I not been a teacher. Mm. Because I understand that everyone learns different. Right. And I understand everybody needs are different. Mm-hmm. So every client and every contract I take on is from a teacher's approach, which I used to be this uh, very catty and <laughs> drink petty tea on my website. And I would say, I'm not a coach. I'm your partner. Because everybody was a coach, right? And yes. so I was like, I'm not your coach. I'm your partner. Because yes. I feel like teachers have to partner in mm-hmm. order. Listen, I taught in the inner city. I was in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go in there trying to tell those kids what to do because they'll tell you in a minute, you're not my mama. Exactly. So you <laughs> had to let them know that, hey, we're doing this together. together. We're going to learn algebra together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For you, that you're going to benefit, but we're going to do this as partners. Mm-hmm. And so had I not been a teacher, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. I just know I couldn't have. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. certain of it. Um, because So that was the way that I transitioned from teaching mm-hmm. to here, and I would always say it's because of my baby girl, and then I had my son two years later, and now I'd rather do this and make sure my mom can stay home comfortably mm-hmm. and that my kids can have me available mm-hmm. than to go back to a classroom. Right. So, yeah, so the trend, the, but I have to work. Like, I just can't be a stay-at-home mom. That's just not how I'm equipped. So I like to say that I'm a mom first. Right. Business woman second, but I can't. I know I can't just sit still too creative for them. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If anybody, and kids are expensive. This is true too. And if anyone takes yes. even a peek at your website, they'll know. Like, oh, she's yeah, she's creative. Yeah. Like she has it. She's that chick. <laughs> Thank you. That's my thing. I love it. So I'm really anal about my. I'm anal about my nails and my branding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go to the nail shop like every other week or what usually every week to be honest my friends like Tico it's not been two weeks cut it out and so but I don't pay for hair you know uh-huh, I mean if uh-huh. people look at the pictures they see I don't pay for hair I pay for right. nails and I am very particular about my brand and my clients brands I'm just right. super particular about it I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners, okay? Right now, you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Something exciting has arrived in Dublin, combining 80 years of service excellence with 120 years of German engineering. Linder's Opel, the new name for Opel in Finglas and Turvey. Call in and meet our expert sales and service teams. Find your perfect 191 Opel and choose your perfect offer. With 0% PCP and HP Finance, a guaranteed minimum of €3,000 scrappage or three years free servicing. Visit lindersopel.ie for details or drop in to us at Finglas and Turvey. Linder's Opel, now open. Terms and conditions apply. Do you have any other personal care routines or uh, practices that you indulge in? I do. I do. Um, I, I like to take baths. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, we usually shower just because it's quick, right? And with right. two kids, it needs to be quicker. But because somebody always has somewhere to go or something mm-hmm. to study or, you know, just something. And so I love taking baths. But I'm also a sucker for candles. Like I believe oh, in self care all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, see, aren't they the best? And so, yes. like, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a candle snob. Like, I don't want <laughs> someone gifting me a Target candle. Don't give me no Target candle. Like, I need. So, I will spend money on. Now, listen, I'll go to the thrift store and buy some fifty cent jeans. Right. Don't bring me a cheap candle. I tell my husband, I don't want roses. I want candles. No. So, I love my candles. Mm-hmm. I really do. I love going to get massages. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I just think. I just think just finding those small moments. Mm-hmm. to just kind of take care of self, to just kind of de-escalate. And then I love reading. Mm. Like, I love, love, love reading. And that could be anything from fiction to nonfiction. I love business books. I love I love psychology. So mm. I love reading, reading psychology books. And But reading is my downtime. And I have this joke in my house. I'm like, if you see me with my shades on, assume I'm on vacation. <laughs> so I take many vacations ah! in my house. <laughs> so whenever you see me with some shades on, that means don't talk to me. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on an island in my head. And I'm on vacation. (laughs) So those are my self-care routines because I can't always get away on a plane. But I I definitely will put my glasses on and say, okay, I'm on vacation. Don't talk to me. Right, right, right. (laughs) Now you mentioned um, reading, which to me, I would consider that depending on what you're reading. But I I, I think a lot of us are ambitious. So I would consider some Mm -hmm. of that personal development. Was there anything else or has there been any other things that you care to share with our audience that you've done personal development wise over the years to kind of yes, of course. Let's say yes, of course. <laughs> so one, there's two things that's on the horizon. Well, one, I just shifted mm-hmm. the way that I do business because I did a lot of one on ones, right? And you got to mm. know when you got to know when it's time to change. That just going right. back to that change thing, you, you can't just wait for it. Like okay, so you know change is going to happen, but there's a time where you got to actually know it's time to change and you yeah. got to implement the change. And at some point with anybody who's in business, especially if they're entrepreneurs or even in careers, you got to know that you have to grow. Right. And so what was happening is I was doing the one-on-ones, but with my one-on-ones, enjoyed it, loved it fine. But I was capping myself because my clients wanted to work with me. So it's not like I could bring a designer on because your design is only a portion of what we do. Right. That's part of the strategy, but nobody wanted someone else to do their website. They wanted Tico. Fine. Mm. But that meant I can only take on so many people. Mm-hmm. And so I had to think smarter about how am I going to do this? And I really did want to up my game with training corporations because they pay you for your mind. They're not, you yeah. don't have to design a thing. Yeah. They have their own marketing teams and they just want you to come in 
and tell them some strategy, that feels good, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I enjoy, you know, doing that. But with my one-on-ones, I'm like, how can I better serve? And so we implemented what's called camp. And that's because I couldn't come up with a name. So the, now the business shift has been there. There's always been Tico Nejan, but now it's branded with Tico Nejan, again, mm-hmm. using my education. Mm-hmm. So it looks like branded, but it's brand education. So branded um, with Tico Nejan. And so now there's like a free portal, which is my Facebook group. And, but then we're doing camp and it's called camp. It's called camp branded. Because wow. I couldn't call it a name. <laughs> and so what we do is we go away for a retreat. Mm. And the first one is in August mm. and we go away for, we work seven weeks prior. So seven okay. consecutive, I think Tuesday, Thursdays as is tentative right now. Okay. And then we go away to the mountains with my entire team. I do have a full team for um, my branding services because I never want to outsource. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and you said, you know, kind of like going big. I forgot the way you phrased it, but I, if I just flip this in here, I want people to know that you don't have to play small when you right. start small. Like you have to start small but work as if you see your goal in mind. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I right away was like, I don't want to be doing the one doing Facebook posts and looking for a photographer. So mm-hmm. I made sure I put a photographer on my team, a makeup artist on my team. Like I have a full-fledged team for branding. So everything is in-house for us. Mm-hmm. And so we're all going away to camp with up to 20 women. Mm-hmm. And when they leave, they will have website, headshots, video. I even have um, my video exec. She's dope as I don't know what. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing, um, yeah, we'll be moving in that shift with women who are able to do camp. And they come away with full strategy work one-on-one with me. We'll be away for an entire week. Mm. And when we come down that mountain, you have a brand. <laughs> you will have a complete brand. And so that's just the way that I've chosen to do it as opposed to spreading 20, 25 people out over a year. Right. And then I wrote my own book, which is on the, the one I said that I have a life call. Mm-hmm. I believe that all of our stories matter. You know what I mean? Like, how did you make it through? Right. And I had a friend who encouraged me, she said, Tico, looking at you, you would just think you've always had it together. Mm-hmm. And what hit me then is I've always had it together when things weren't together. Mm-hmm. And that was just God's covering. You know what I mean? So things weren't together, but in my mind, I, I had to have it together. Like I had no choice because it's right. either you're going to slip and you're going to be on drugs like the rest of the community kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a series of books that's called Muse of June. And the first one came out uh, last June because that's my baby brother's birthday is June. Oh, wow. And so it's called Music June. There's a series of books. There's children's books written for women. So while it looks like a children's book, well, it's a high-end, it looks high-end. It has all this beautiful sketching that I got an amazing artist to do for me, Dion Ivory. And mm-hmm. so she sketched the pictures. And it's the story of June. It has the first installation. It's 10 books total that will be released. But the first one's called My Way Will Do Just Fine. Mm. And it's basically around the idea that we don't have to accept other op- people's opinions as our truth. Mm. And so it's, just, it, it's really about that learning to be who you're supposed to be. So it's, it's written from a woman's perspective, but it's like a children's book because I'm thinking, you know, we read these self-help books, right? Most of them yeah. are like 10 chapters. Well, I decided to take what I thought was going to be a real self-help book and make it 10 children's books for women. So though, that was my big accomplishment last year that I was able to call myself an author. And so that Congratulations. Was, uh, I love it. And where yes, can people pick those you. books up? 
Okay, so museofjune.com is the book right now, um, is where you can go and they go back on sale in February. And because that's like my life work, it's more of, um, you know, like more of a ministry, if you will, for me, then I have chosen right now to sell them around special days. So February is considered my new year because that's my birthday. I'm Mm -hmm. anal like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, New Year is really when your birthday is. That's what I used to, yeah. I know a lot of people. February is my new year. Yes, I, I just kind of feel that way, you know, so I agree with them. And it's like, so that's when I, the book will be back for my birthday. Okay. And then I always sell them in June I, because that's when my baby brother's birthday, June 19th. But if they go to the site, museofjune.com, then there is going, there's a wait list. Like they can put their name in and they're notified first when books go on sale. And that's, there's a 10 part series though. So one book is yes, out there's right gonna now. Yes, there's going to be 10. So one book is out right now, book two and three come out in June. Got and okay. so, uh, and then and you then can buy them. And then, then they're, 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 and then for camp, it's ticonejohn.com. So that's T-I-E-K-O-N-E-J-O-N.com. And people that are local, we have this other thing coming too that's called Branded Lives. So they're basically resource days where they can come and work with me on any project they're having. And they get me one-on-one that um, I'm thinking about doing a kind of gym membership. So you purchase your hours and then you just come in and see me at my office. <laughs> you know, oh, It's like open form. We won't do more than 10 to 15 people at a time. Mm-hmm. But we all just kind of work and brainstorm. Um, in that way but yeah but camp is camp is slated we it's going to be in august mm-hmm. so we're doing an informational at the end of this month or the beginning of february mm-hmm. and so if they go there they'll see a wait list that they can rsvp to participate in the informational just to learn more about camp mm-hmm. and so once you you have this introduction to like helping people with their brands and obviously you said you've done corporate work and stuff like that if someone had to put their finger and you help individuals if someone had to put their finger mm-hmm. sort of on um your zone of genius and how you like really get in with people and make things work what's that what what does that really look like for you is it more not like, like that question you know it's like cuz like look there's a lot of us especially as creatives where we have areas of strength or, you know, thing, a lot yes. of things we can do, just like you mentioned. Like, I'm a former jewelry designer myself. And, like, there's ah, all these different... I love it, yes. you know, Yeah, like, we're creatives, but we also get the business yes. side of things. So there's all these things that you can do, but it seems like people gravitate to you uh, for a certain skill set. So, like, what do you feel like your zone of genius is where you really, like, amazingly help people? Uh, I love it. I've never had that question. And I love that question. I think, I think, I think I'm going to say this. I think Uh that would be one because I don't know how this happened, but I probably have been this social butterfly all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, though, I probably prefer to be home, but I love (laughs) being out when I'm out, I'm out. And then it's like, okay, can we get home now? Yeah. But everybody ends up. So I'm very picky about who I give my time to. Mm -hmm. So I will turn down money. If I don't feel that we can mesh where it can feel like a girlfriend experience when we're mm-hmm. working, I don't want to work with you. And mm-hmm. I say girlfriend, but I work with guys too. So if it doesn't feel like a brother experience, you know, I actually have more like male clients sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it, I have to be comfortable because the other thing is, if we're really going to give the world you, then that means we're really giving them a truth, which means I'm going to have to tell you some truth. You know what I mean? And so we can't, we can't do the fluff, right? And so my, my truth telling has always been where people feel like, gosh, you just ripped me a new butthole, but I don't have diarrhea kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, wait, but you wrap that in love. And even when I speak, I tell like, I ended the speech, my last speech um, at the end of the year in December, I told the group, listen, I'm not going to stand here and tell you, oh, you got it. Mm -hmm. I hate when people say you got it. 
I, I told you I love psychology. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, how do you know they got it? You don't even know what their it is. Yeah. But I can tell you, you have something. You know what I mean? And so I just believe in telling the truth. So that's worked for me. So anybody that works for me, they come back and they're like, I just feel like you're not going to pull any punches. Yeah. I, and I don't. And then I am a sucker for personal style. Mm-hmm. Like I am attracted to people who you could just tell, okay, they wear their hair like that because it's their thing. Mm-hmm. If they do that because it's their thing, they don't care about wearing that color regardless of what somebody else is. I love personal style. Mm-hmm. And so because I love it, I love to give it. Mm-hmm. So my work is always different for each person. Like even on my work page, on my website, like everybody is different. I don't believe there's a cookie cutter way mm-hmm. to do anything. And so my, my, my claim to my personal fame, if you will, has been people knowing that, okay, if you work with Tico, she's going to dig out of you, you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not about to tell you, well, maybe you should do this. Maybe no, because maybe you shouldn't. Like, I, I don't think everybody should cut the hair off. When people say, oh, I wish I could do it. And I'm thinking in my mind, don't, don't try it. Just don't, don't try it. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't do it. I'm glad that there's just a wish. Don't go home today and shave your hair. Like, just don't do it. You know, <laughs> like, right. save yourself. Right. But I don't believe that, you know, I, but, but I believe everybody could look great. Everybody should be great at something. Mm-hmm. And so I just believe in finding what your thing is, you right. know, so then we can't walk away and say, okay, you got it because mm-hmm. you do have an it, but I don't know what that is. And so I, I like to say that that's where I find my greatest success mm-hmm. is being able to help my people pinpoint exactly who they are. Most of the time people are starting businesses because they're copying somebody else. Mm. you know and it's, I mean they're like oh so and so does this so maybe if I can do this and I'm, yeah I'm, like maybe that's I, not appropriate right yeah like right. oh that looks fun so I think I can do it you know and I have this yeah. saying don't try to create somebody's uh don't don't judge the way the person live unless you can actually judge their life and until you know their full life yeah you can't you can't do it and so right. you know I just think people try to create or be something that they're not mm-hmm. and so I just love letting people set, helping people set themselves free, you know, and like, no, you actually get to just be who you are. Right, right. I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B. El.com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. Right. Yeah. So, that, so that's huge for me. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love that. So do you feel like with all of the, your experience and um, everything that you sort of done and accomplished, have you made any like missteps that you later realized to be like a good learning lesson for yourself? 
Sheesh, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I have. Oh my God. I think the biggest lesson I've learned in late mm-hmm. is that this is just me. I believe I believe partnerships and collaborations are great. Right. I'm not so sure I believe in business partnerships. Oh. Like I believe two people should collab. Right. Um, because here's what I'm learning. And, 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 and again, I think friends can work together unless it's a friend business, but I've found myself in two situations. One was not a friendship. One was just a business collaboration, but I'll tell you something. That one was the easiest to break from because it was just two businesses. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, well, I'm not feeling it. Gonna... So I learned from that, that that's really the best way to do it. So you, you know, you set yourself up to do whatever it is, but collaboration is the name of the game. Mm-hmm. You better be able to collaborate. You better be able to say, okay, well, this person has this and I have this. How can we put this together yeah. and make something killer? You know what I mean? Like this whole thing of thinking that you're not supposed to, that, that, for the birds. Okay. Yeah. So you better be collaborating. But what I recognize is in running now, again, this is if you run your business. So if you're doing your podcast and your business, um, switch that has to be from you and who you really are. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's so much about you that got you to even naming it. Right. switch, pivot, or quit, right? So if you decide, okay, I'm going to add another friend to this switch and they don't even have the same story, mm. you're setting yourself up for something. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we think that, and that's not a diss towards anyone. It's just that, wait a minute, we come from two different, so you can't, you can't plan on getting a result without thinking that your past doesn't factor in. Right. And I just believe that our paths are so, so different that it's very tough for two people to take two different stories mm-hmm. and come up with the same ending. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, but if, if you're doing a collaboration and you both have your own ending, so to speak, right. And it's only temporal and Hey, we could do this again, yeah. but to actually put your name on paper with someone else, mm-hmm. I, for myself, I just say, I don't suggest that as a first step collaborate mm-hmm. first, see how that works out for a couple of years. Right. So I made a misstep by doing a partnership and what, and, and I will say this was, was a good thing. The partnership was on a secondary business. It had nothing okay. to do with my first business. Okay. And what I realized is it was draining me and I wasn't even loving it. Mm. So that taught me the other lesson is we always talk about, well, do what you love. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, you don't love this. I got anxiety thinking about going into the office. Yeah. I got like, it just wasn't a good experience. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And you don't love it. Yeah. You know, but because so partnership requires, so it's like marriage. It requires you to show up when you don't feel like it. Right. 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 Well, that's what was happening with the relationship for the partnership. Mm-hmm. It was requiring me to show up when I didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So I learned for myself that I don't want to commit to someone else, not because they're not worthy of it, but because our stories might just be different. That's mm-hmm. the way I like to put it. Like, you know, so that was a misstep that I personally, from my personal experience had is trying to partner and do something and think, oh, okay, well, yeah, this should work. And then staying there way longer than I was supposed to. Right. You right. feel me? Like, like literally staying well past the yeah. deadline. Yeah. I'm like, you're yeah. supposed to be out of this, but you don't want to hurt somebody. And then, so I created, a, I don't work harder for any relationship outside of my home than I have to work for one inside my home. Mm, that, that and if <laughs> do you feel so if mm-hmm. anything requires you to have to work harder than for what's happening in your home, I say get out. 
Yeah. yeah. You better you better move quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. this is the way I, I'm like, yeah, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that kind of what that's kind of what led me to you know knowing that's the misstep. At least I got a lesson out of it. That was a huge misstep to think. Okay, yeah, you can do this, and because it was a partnership. I couldn't just up and leave when the time was up. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad that you touched on that because a lot of times, a lot of our listeners are thinking about, they might be in the corporate world and they're thinking about going out on their own and venturing out. And sometimes partnering with someone feels safe because mm-hmm. you're venturing out on your own per se. You're mm-hmm. one, so you feel like you sort of have a backup and there's somebody else to help you pick up the pieces if everything goes awry. So it feels mm-hmm. Um, And that's what yeah. a lot of people lean toward. But I had to learn that as well, that that's not always the best solution. And like you said, mm-hmm. it really broke it down because I didn't even think of it like this, but it's like when you're trying to bring two stories and two backgrounds together, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it can be challenging, especially it when, can you're, be challenging. Yeah, when you're talking about experiences, life experiences. Yes. And then that's not even considering like the decision making and how you. Right. And how you get. Yeah, exactly. And when your period. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, you know, it's like, wait a minute, but this is how I'm grumpy and I'm tired and I only work, you know, like literally we ran into all kinds. Like, I kind of like to wake up early and get going because I'm burned by like, don't ask me to make a sound decision after five. Right. Um, <laughs> because I've been up since yeah, five, you know, but then you have other people who decide, okay, well, I don't like to get up since, you know, until 11. Yeah. That might work for them, but right. little, I mean, down to the small things, yeah. up to the big things, you know, like mm-hmm. in my mind, I want to be home to do homework with my children. And so if it means several days out the week, I'd rather come in early so I can be out of here by yeah. two. Yeah. But then you decide, okay, I don't want to work at six. I have to respect that, you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't think that far. And you're right. You said something is so key. Most of the time we do partnerships because out of fear yeah. of doing it alone. You, mm-hmm. It's rarely ever do I hear people. We did it because we knew, like we came up with this. Amazing. Yeah. We usually try to do it because it helps. It, it, it eases the tension Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. you can share the responsibility with somebody. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that's, that's never a good reason to do it. It's just never no. a good reason. No, because it's it never just a good won't, reason. it won't end well. And it might end up causing unnecessary tension and friction in your life, especially if the person was actually a real life friend before you entered in this situation. Cause I can tell you it, like you say things like, Oh, you know, I, I, you give this whole spiel and speech as to why Mm -hmm. you're not going to work together anymore, but I still want to be friends and all of that, but it's never going to be the same. It's just, it's it won't gonna be, be the same. because and somebody's going to feel, and before you know it, it's done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to leave the friendship because, well, Tico has to leave the friendship because right. I told you I'm not working harder than <laughs> yep. I do. So in my mind, if this is now stressing me out and I'm thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, and now I'm stressed and how do yep. I do, I, I, I can't do it. And so yeah. you're right about that. And so that's the thing. It's like, do you want to risk Mm-hmm. the friendship yeah. you know do you want to risk the friendship yeah. it's almost like married people are trying to work together like you have to ask yourself do I want to risk you know and so you have to be yeah. careful and that's you know it's so funny because I, I heard this this thing the other day and it got me thinking I think I posted about it to yesterday I saw this Facebook group and the lady was talking about ambivalent friendships mm-hmm. like the ones that she was like toxic relationships are easy to avoid like you already mm-hmm. know nope yeah. I know I don't you know go out with is. this person because they always this but it's the ones that you're like oh god I better answer because I haven't talked to her but you don't really want to talk to her you're just Ooh. like mm. it, you know I haven't that's talked to her in a good while, word so, oh, I better, 
And so, yeah, so this, I'm going to find it and forward it to you. So I ran across it in in Facebook and it was a video, Mm. but I think I saved it. And she talks about like, we need to be mindful of the stress that ambivalent friendship causes because Mm. we will, you know, make time like, oh, they're having a so-and-so, they're having a shower, baby, I need to go. Why do you, you don't even care. You don't want to be there. (laughs) And so, you know, it's like, it's like, so you're making this time for all this stuff. And mm. before you know it, you're stressed out and you're spending time you really don't have. Because most yeah. of us, especially creative entrepreneurs, we have something we could be doing at yeah. all times. Exactly. There's always something that needs to be done. Yeah. So this whole notion of thinking that you owe it to do, you know, or have people around or give you time, it's time up for that. Like, if mm-hmm. it doesn't count, mm-hmm. I just and that's what I wrote yesterday on my Instagram. I said, if I'm, I'm either, I either want to be down or all out if, if I can't be completely down then I need to be completely out yeah. but I don't want I don't want to do anything that requires all of me but I only have half of me to give yeah. you know like I just don't want to oh gosh that's so true because a lot of times it's, it's like we feel like like I know speaking for myself like sometimes I, I there's some things that I'm just like I actually don't want to do that I don't want to go, mm-hmm. you know, but I want to go, but I feel bad, but you know yes. what? We need to release ourselves of that burden of feeling bad because you don't owe anybody mm-hmm. anything. You Any just don't. explanation. No. And I will not show up in a heartbeat. My mother, mm-hmm. she was like, you're not going to something. No, I'm not. You didn't invite her to your wedding. No, I did not. She can't come over. No, she can't. No, and this is a cousin. No, she can't come to my wedding. And I'm like, mama, she ain't coming to my wedding. Heck no, she's not coming to my wedding. No, ma'am. And I swear to God, true story. And it's funny because I'm going to see this cousin who I didn't invite to a wedding because we have to go to a funeral on Saturday. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to see her. And I'm going to show up like, hey, no, yeah. I didn't invite you to my wedding. Yeah. No, I did not. And, you know, but we, we do these things out of obligation and I don't live out of obligation. I'm not obligated to anything. Right. And I tell everyone, even my children, because here's the deal. Obligation and love are two separate things. If mm-hmm. I love you, I don't feel obligated. Mm-hmm. I feel it's my duty. Like, I'm going to do it for you because I love you. Yes. So if your kid gets sick, I'm not going to think twice about my mm-hmm. kid needs to go to the doctor. Right. Mm-hmm. If something mm-hmm. happens to my mom, if my husband calls me stranded, everything drops. Yes. I'm not thinking like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? So you don't, I don't do obligation. Mm-hmm. If I have to be obligated to it, chances are you're obligated because you don't really want to do it, but you're going to do it anyway. Who yep. wants that? Especially yeah. in a friendship. Yeah. I don't want no friends that I'm begging you to be there. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. Time for it. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. We don't have time for that. We just yeah. don't have time for it. So I'm, I, I won't do it. I just, I, I learned long time ago to let set myself. What happened? I'll be honest. I, let me, and I had a friend. She posted, but she said she was going to do a year of no. Mm. But year before last, when I really wanted to take my business to a different level, I knew I didn't. I knew it was going to require me digging in because I have two kids. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it's like, that means that's what I'm going to have to do in my evenings early before they get up while they're at school. Like all yeah. that. I knew I wanted office space. I knew all these things that I had on my plate that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And what I decided was to have a year of no. Mm. And I said, instead of my first answer being maybe or yes, my mm-hmm. answer was always no. And I had the reason, should I change my mind? Mm. And what ended up happening is I learned that there were so many things that I did not care about. Really? Because the no's got so easy. And that's sad because <laughs> it got so easy. So if I got so-and-so's baby shower and we went to high school together and we've not seen each other in mm-hmm. six years, because you found me on Facebook, me missing this baby shower is not going to change the relationship. Yeah. So I would say no, but we would end up, you know, saying yes to stuff. And once I started saying no, mm-hmm. 
it just now I get less invitations and I'm so excited about that. But you know, I I get less invitations because they're like, well, Tico didn't show up for two years to so and so, so I'm not inviting her again. I'm like, finally, yeah. yes. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to tell yourself, no, I'm not going to do it. And I read this book. Um, they now have another one that's made here, but it was first published in the UK, I believe, and it's called The Art of Not Giving an F. <laughs> I won't mm-hmm. But in the book, and what it said was so good. It says when you know you don't want to show up, but at the same time you don't want to be rude, send a gift as soon as you get the invitation. Mm. So if you send a gift and say, I won't be able to make it, but I hope you enjoy your little surprise that's on its way. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. So I they would feel better. Uber Eats card. Listen, I will send you an Uber Eats, Amazon, mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. You're going to get mm-hmm. something in the mail or now you can do it uh, You know, through email. You can send a gift card, an yep. e-card for yep. everything. Now they don't feel bad and you didn't have to go when you know you didn't even, not just feel like it, but you didn't have the time. Yeah, that's true. You didn't have to so, actually yeah, carve out have this extra time. time and everything to, to make try this and happen. Make it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I like so that. So it's just that idea of just like, okay, you know what? I get to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, because and most of again go back to that ego. They're gonna be mad at you for not coming because of their ego, not that they really cared you were there. Right, right. Because the there's probably tons of other people that, there, and they and it was the fine. That care, yes, and the people that care, you wouldn't think twice. Like there's right. some friends I'm not missing anything they have, and wish right. they wouldn't tell me they had it. You know what I mean? Like there's right. some friends who I'm just that close to. Mm-hmm. But if you can't put them in that really close pile, like, why are we, even if it's just for a season, mm-hmm. but I feel like that growth, you have to have a season of like, no, I can't do anything outside of importance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and rest is important. Doing right. nothing is important, by the way. I hate when people say, we have some friends and they will say, are you guys free on Friday? And it's to keep kids. Guess what we say? No, I'm not free. <laughs> Guess why? Because my free time does not look like keeping kids. Doesn't look like being the babysitter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like no, if this sorry. is the only day I get to chill and like not be bothered and yeah. not have anywhere to be and not have, I'm not giving it up. Yeah. And so yeah. when people say, oh, are you busy? I'm, yeah, I am. I'm busy resting. I, yeah. I will be home mm-hmm. on Saturday morning because I get to rest and that's mm-hmm. busy. Mm-hmm. So just, and you, you know, know putting yourself in that. For everybody listening to just think about prioritizing yourself that's what it comes down to it's mm, making yourself mm. your wants and needs a priority and not feeling yes. bad you know because not sometimes feeling bad yeah as sometimes as people we feel like we have to feel guilty or feel bad when we don't mm-hmm. participate in things or show up for things and when we say no and you know but you don't have to feel bad and uh mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't make you a bad person that- it doesn't make, there you go. It doesn't make you a bad person. And again, you have to ask yourself, even with that, is it because I, I'm scared of what they're going to think about me? Yeah. Like if I don't show up, what are they going to say? And yeah. then you have to ask yourself, do I really care what they say? Now, if your answer is yes, then you should go. Like, right. I care that my mom feels supported. My husband feels supported. My kids feel right. supported, right? My close friends, they feel supported. But there's some people you don't really care. They, they don't care and you don't care. Exactly. But if you really think about it. So that whole initial, like, I should go. She invited me. She said it's only going to be 12 people and she's counting on me. Okay, make it 11 because I'm not coming. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't want to come. Man. Right. Maybe you want to invite me next year and that give me one less thing. Yeah. Have to yeah. Try to figure out. So no, I totally, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. That you just got to be mindful and put yourself first. Right. Put yourself first. Right. So what does success mean or look like for you? I know that's a question I love and I have gotten and I have this rule about success. To me, success mm-hmm. is 
it's, it can be a moving target. Mm. So I feel like because success is a moving target, you better define success before you go after it. Mm. So I, I, I say first you have to define success before you go after it. So for myself, success was to be able to spend time with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be the one to do homework most times. Sometimes I stay at my office late, but for the most part, I, I don't even go to my office. It's just sitting there collecting desks. I know I, I haven't been in my office in two and a half months because of the holidays, and I know I have a plant that must be dead by now. <laughs> but I believe in, I want to be here for my kids. So I made success look like a comfort zone for me. Um, and that, you know, my mom is in the house with us. Uh, my kids are healthy. We're able to, you know, do the things that they enjoy. Like my son golfs and I, time was success for me. Like to just be available. That was success for me. I know people look at stuff, but here in California, you see how we have these fires right down here in Southern California. If that's not proof that success can't be stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you better nail down what success. So for me, success meant more time. Now, where does money come in? The more money I make, the more time I have, right? But mm-hmm. I can't make money the success. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So people will say, yep. oh, I want to have this, 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 and this. Well, if that dies, what happens? But I tell you what, if something happens to this house today, God forbid, don't try to test me, Lord. Please don't test me. <laughs> but if something were to happen today, the people that I made time for will mm-hmm. still be here. Mm-hmm. So for me, success looks like my time and being able to do exactly what I want when I want to. And I say, fix that before you go after it, because it's such a moving target. Social media has made it move even faster. So it's so blurry. So what you think works today and what you want today, stay on social media for another three months. You change your mind about that. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then you, you, you stick there and you change it. So because it can be a moving target, you'll never get there. Mm. if you don't design it first if you don't design like okay what success looks like at the beginning you're going to constantly be chasing at something that continues to change and you'll never feel satisfied right right so i say define it at the beginning picture Mm -hmm. exactly what it looks like Mm -hmm. so my husband and i have pictured okay in 10 years what does it look like when our kids go away to college right I've pictured it already mm-hmm. so I, that's what I'm keeping in my mind success can't be the latest car and this many followers and this it, it just can't it just mm-hmm. can't it can't it can't mm-hmm. be those things mm-hmm. but does all that stuff come as a result yeah. it has to be grounded in more but the other things end up coming as a result because those are needed to get to this place you know mm-hmm. but I can't make the stuff my success for me time is everything because mm-hmm. you can't get it back you know what I mean you so can't get, you can't, you're not getting it back yeah so you can't say, I actually that, yeah, you, you can't you can't say okay <laughs> no. you know what I think I'm going to try this again no ma'am no. <laughs> that time is done when people say oh you can get no you can't you cannot get back time you can try and make up for it in mm-hmm. some way but you're not going to get back that exact time mm-hmm. so I don't want to miss moments that matter like I just I just don't want to miss I have to leave for um Texas next week mm-hmm. on the 19th but my son's spelling bee and I know spelling bee he he's a little smarty already so I kind of knew spelling bee was is always in January mm-hmm. and so something told me call the school and see what day well, wouldn't you know even though last year was like on the 12th or 13th it it's on freaking the 19th but I called before booking that flight because here's the deal I get to tell the people I'm flying to this is what time I'm coming in right you get what I'm saying but because right. I made time my success Mm-hmm. Then everything else follows. 
So mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, well then you know what? We won't start till Saturday because I'm not going to get in until late. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to say, oh my gosh, well now I'm going to miss my son or I can't go to it, Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I didn't have to do it, you know? Yeah. And so I, th- again, time became my success because it affords me to do exactly what I want to do when I want to do it. I love so that. That's what I say. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. Tico, speaking to you is just so like energizing, yes. insightful, like all of that. Yes. Like I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for um, chatting with us and spending time with us and just blessing us with all of your wisdom and oh, insight. Thank, thank you for having me. This is probably one of my favorite interviews because it just feels like I'm talking to a girlfriend. So that feels so Yay. good. And I'm excited about that. <laughs> Yay. Me I'm too. Me too. about that. Yes. Let everyone know where they can. Can, uh, keep up with you, find out more about you, connect with you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So everything is TicoNeJohn.com mm-hmm. um, and TicoNeJohn. So there's T-I-E-K-O-N-E-J-O-N and my favorite playground is Instagram, but that's all for, so for LinkedIn and Facebook. And I just started a Facebook group, like literally baby about a month ago and we're growing Sweet. pretty rapidly, but uh-huh. that one is the Branded Insider. Okay. So the Branded Insider. Is that an open Facebook group or do you have to sign up? You request, no, yeah, you request to join and then we let you in. But there's literally like we're doing design tutorials, freebies. I do free lessons because I get everybody can't afford the branding one on one, but people still want to start their dreams, you know? And sometimes you need to test it before you invest. Mm -hmm. I would tell people, don't pay me yet until you're sure. So, you know, um, (laughs) so that's a place where you get to kind of, you know, test your ideas. And then I go in and I teach a live, we start up at the end of this month full fledged. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be teaching uh, design lessons, uh, live tutorials on business, answering Q and A's and that thing too. So that's a, a place for the freebie Love side. Um, Love we'll it. also be doing case studies um, on great brands. And so people mm-hmm. can kind of see like what's working for them. So yeah, that's inside the branded insider on Facebook. I love it. Everybody should sign up and I'll probably see you yes. and make it a point to go sign up myself. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And um, as always, you guys, you know what to do. Keep killing it. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.